Hey guys, welcome to WWNT Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Howdy, folks. And Fetcher Actress is off for the evening. So tonight we're going to do is we're going to go over the most recent episode of Ahsoka, go over some news, and I did want to start off, I was watching 300 this week, and uh, it's a good movie. I still like that movie. What, the Zack Snyder 300? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun because it is so over the top. Yeah. It's, it's fun, even though it's bloody and gory, it's just... A crazy movie. Well, it's good because it, it looks like a comic book at times too. Even like because a lot oh, it's of straight the, out of. Have you seen the three hundred graphic I've, novel? I've never read the three hundred graphic novel. It's it's literally that graphic novel come to life. Oh, cool! It looks. It was filmed just like with the same color palette, the same sort of images. Um. It really is. You should track it down. You'd probably like it. Just like, yeah, just the look of it. I know a lot of it was filmed in front of a green screen, but you know the way he brings it to life, it, it looks really good. And again, it it goes to show he he's not a he can do really good things at times. You know, it's just I I, I just think he's got a big head right now, and you know, but he has done good things. I or. He, he just needs to be told what to shoot. Well, that's the problem a problem. Is when he gets too involved in the story, the dialogue, you know, with the script and everything. I can help you with specific questions. Like how I don't know why Alexa's talking to me right now. Oh, okay. Alexa, shut up. <laughs> Shutting works. up, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, no, no. He, he's very good at cinematography. And creating a shot, but I just don't think he's good at the story, boys. Like we always talk about Todd McFarlane. Todd McFarlane can draw the hell out of anything, but he can't write. Yeah. So I think it's the same deal. Zack Snyder could film anything. Well, same thing with Jim Lee. Jim Lee is an amazing artist. I, exactly. But, I think that's the camp he falls into. Yeah, it's. What you're born to do, you should do. You know, it's like you shouldn't overexpand or because it ends up screwing all of us in the end. Uh, anyway, well, that's, that's a little harsh. Well, no, not all. He screwed himself more than anybody else. No, I mean Jim Lee's kind of screwing us all because you know he became super woke. Like I, again, I think a lot of the problems. A lot of times when people become you know uber woke. It's because of their past. Now, if you look at his past drawings, um, they were very sexist and misogynist. And I, I think like he needed to redeem himself, so he went completely the other way. It's funny when you think about like what he drew for X Men, like Rogue and Storm, Psylocke. yeah, Psylocke, yeah. <laughs> and and then he starts drawing for DC, and he puts like a suit on wonder woman <laughs> a leather jacket uh you know she's wearing pants now it's like oh man not always but i mean but now that he's heading dc or the the dc comics division he's just 
you know, he just needs to step away. I wish he would go back to Marvel and just draw, which he'll probably never do. He's probably got enough money now where he doesn't do, have to do anything. He has, doesn't have to draw anymore. Anyway. <laughs> God bless you. All right, let's... I guess we'll just move on. So uh, let's get into Ahsoka. I forgot to write down the synopsis of Ahsoka, but I guess we really don't need it. Um, I did have a lot of questions for you, though. I I don't know if I have a lot of answers for you. <laughs> um, I guess it's, it's just I, me and I you. I was confused by a lot of the episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. That, that's why I was hoping you would be able to answer some of the things. It, I, like, we don't have to go over you know, how we felt about it. We'll just go deep into it. But it, it's kind of weird because I, I did look on Reddit and, and it, some people just drive me insane. It's like they worship the ground that Dave Filoni walks on and they just think that this is like the greatest thing they've ever seen in their life. And people are saying, I cried. I, I couldn't stop crying. And From like, this week's Ahsoka? Yeah. You know, uh, well, I, you know, I don't get that. Well, it's because you're seeing the Clone Wars in live action finally, you know, a snippet. But yeah, it was even called episode two. Yeah, but it, it, it's different though. That that was the beginning of the Clone Wars, and um, this was. It looked cool. I mean, it definitely had a cool look to it. Uh, but I will say, and I I told you my biggest complaint with this episode. There's nothing happened, really, you know? And I was glad to see that, you know, I went online and someone else said the same thing because everybody was praising it like it was the best thing. It, it's Again, it's the, the Emperor's new clothes, like where a lot of people will start saying, oh, my God, this was a 10 out of 10. It's amazing. And everyone else is afraid to, like, critique it. Uh, well, you go on the sites and you, you look at a lot more stuff than I do. I mean, yeah. I might go on and see the IO9 review, mm -hmm. um, or another website or two, but you hit the Reddit boards. Um, for me, when I first saw it, I'm like, yeah, that was a pretty good episode. But then I started to think about it and I started to get more and more confused about like, what the heck? What, what 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 was going on here? Um, and I mean, I don't know. Do you want to start or should I? No, you could start. Okay. Um, when I first when I first watched it, and Ahsoka ended up in the world between worlds, we saw in episode at the end of episode four. You know, she's there and. She meets Anakin Skywalker. Now, I don't get this whole bit. Um, because the world within worlds, it's, it, I, I, I think of it in terms of like the Star Trek City on the Edge of Forever, where there's these different portals and you could look in and you could see... Um, different points of time. And if you wanted to, you could actually go in and interact through it. That's how most people guess time travel would eventually work in Star Wars. <clears throat> the thing is, Anakin Skywalker is there. It's not like 
from what I remember, it's not like when you go into the world within worlds, you know, you're visited by the ghosts of Christmas past or anything like that, that guide you through. Um, you're kind of there figuring it out on your own. And I don't get why Anakin was there. Now, if he was really there, um, and if he went to the world within worlds at some other point in time, I don't believe Anakin could have resisted using one of the portals to go back and save Padme. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. You know, because let's face it, she was his world. He fell to the dark side because of his uh, love slash obsession, whatever you want to call it. Or he could have saved um, his mother, too. Yeah, but you know that connection that the Jedi always feared. But 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 wait, but I but what I read about the world within worlds though is that you cannot change what happens; you can only kind of witness it or assist it. I don't well, think that you can change it. That means you're changing it. Well, no, that you were always meant to be there at that point. So I think that Padme still would have died, and his mother still would have died. There's no changing what happens, you know, but you, you're, it's almost like, again, yeah. like I was saying last week, like, like, say, like Ahsoka ends up in the, uh, in the hangar with Han Solo and he's about to leave and she can say, well, you really need to help Luke. If you don't, he's going to die. And then that makes him go and help Luke. He was always going to help Luke, you know. But now we're seeing why he helped Luke. And I think that that's what the world within worlds is, is that you're, you're somehow there, you're witnessing it, you know, but I don't think you're affecting anything. And, you know, because you, you if you are affecting something, you were meant to affect it. It's already happened. You know, it, it's like you can't, like if, if someone, if a bullet is heading towards a person, you can't pull them out of the way so that that bullet doesn't hit them. You know, they're going to die. Like, you can't stop death, you know. Yeah, but they they made a point. Palpatine wanted to get into the worlds between worlds. And they've talked about him in this, well, this is all fan speculation, of course. Like, how he would have somehow gone into the world between worlds to escape dying down the reactor shaft at Return of, at the end of Return of the Jedi. They would have gone in and he would have come out at some other point in time. So that that's kind of I'm kind maybe I'm influenced by that a bit, but like I said, I st I still don't get what Anakin was doing there. Well, one thing like and you'd mentioned this the last time, he definitely wasn't a Force ghost. No, he wasn't a Force ghost because we haven't seen Force ghosts ever act like that before. And first he wasn't blue and glowy, <laughs> you know, and I don't think it was Anakin, so to speak, because he was able to change back and forth to Vader when he chose to. Yeah, you see, I, I, I just don't get that whole part of it, 
because she went into the worlds between worlds and she really didn't she didn't go looking for a portal to you know see in something to get information it was almost like just it all came to her and sort of sucked her along with it so i like i said i don't understand that um the other thing that kind of bothered me um because i went back and watched a little bit of it too um her lightsaber fight with Anakin, it was almost like they were just sparring. Like they're really, it, I don't, it really wasn't much of a, of a fight. Like, you know, like last week we saw her go against Balin and Let's face it, both of them almost took each other's head off a couple of times. With this one, it's just like they were sparring and just sort of like hitting their lightsabers against each other. No, it's it's weird. Like um, I, I just didn't pick up like that viciousness between like her and Balin had. I which I thought I, was a much better duel. Yeah, I didn't notice it as much as you did. But I will say that it seemed like he was there to teach her a lesson. And one of the lessons that he was trying to teach her is that she has to let go of regret. You know, some of the things that she may have done in the past, or, you know, or that are affecting her from moving forward. Um, but again, that's, that's why I don't know what, what the hell was. Was this something in her mind? it it must be because i don't know where it came from because again the, it, whole, it, the whole segment there i didn't quite get and, and like how did she end up in the middle of the sea you know after she fell from the cliff well that was at the there was some point she hit an entrance into the world within worlds and then when she she came out of it in the same place she went in which was in the middle of the ocean but why the portal was in that exact spot i don't know like i said i i just did there's so much about that whole aspect i just don't get like do people just fall into the world between worlds and from random spots or at random times in their lives they just appear there well again what, what bothers me is that people think this episode is amazing and a lot has to do with their nostalgia for the clone wars that they're actually seeing things that they had seen in animation are now in live action like anakin on the battlefield with ahsoka now what i thought was interesting i thought that ahsoka was portrayed very young in this episode I thought she was much older in the Clone Wars. Unless oh, no, I'm no, she was much younger during the Clone Wars. Well, when I say older, I would say she was like in her 20s or at least 18. This girl looked like she was early teens at best. Yeah, I always, I always had the impression she was like a teenager Yeah, during the Clone Wars. Yeah, well, maybe I was, uh, again, mistaken. But do you know who that girl is? 
Uh, no, I didn't recognize her with all the orange makeup. So she's the girl that played young Gamora in Infinity War. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, good for her. She's getting some, getting some good work. She's also the girl that was in Barbie, who was like the angst teenager that had the mother that owned Barbie. Really? Because, I mean, she seemed older in Barbie. Yeah. I mean, like, not just, not just older, but I mean, like, more grown, like, taller. Well, apparently that's her. Oh, okay. Um, but I thought she was good, though. I, I will say that, that she was, she did a very good job portraying young Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. I, no, I thought, I don't have any complaint with her. Like I said, I just don't get what was going on in that whole thing. And, um, you know, even when Anakin sits out, you know, um, it's kind of disappointing that with all the money they spend, um, they handled him sitting out with just a pair of orange contact lenses. There were times you saw the shadow of Vader, like for a second around his body. Yeah, but I mean, considering how much how much they're dropping, I mean, Disney in general is dropping on these Disney Plus shows. Mm. Like, I would have thought at least they would have tried a little bit more to make him look like he did uh, in Revenge of the Sith. I mean, he didn't just have orange contact lens and his whole friggin' eyes were practically glowing yellow and orange and looking extremely spooky. Um, I would have thought maybe he would have spent a little bit more money on that kind of effect. I, I was okay with it. I thought Hayden Christensen was very good. It's kind of like his redemption in a way. But again, like you, I'm like, what is? what was he there for? You know, what was the purpose of him? It, it just, it's almost like, again, it was just fan service. And again, there, there are a lot of fans that are like, oh, this looks so beautiful. This is, I, my heart is breaking. I can't stop crying. But if you ask them, well, what, what, what was the whole purpose of him being there? And what was this episode about? Because it's like, was she lacking confidence before she fought Balin? Because it seemed like she was... I didn't think so. She didn't yeah. seem scared of him in the least bit. So why would she need any kind of lesson, you know, to be taught to her? I just think it was a way to throw in Hayden Christensen as Anakin. And again, if he was a force ghost, you know, why... Now, th this takes place around the time of... Well, definitely it takes place around the time of the Mandalorian. Uh, I think it takes place there. I mean, it's before The Force Awakens. This is before The Force Awakens? Before, but but anyway... This is before The Force Awakens, because the uh, Empire is still around in some degree. It hasn't been completely replaced by the First Order yet. Like, why couldn't Anakin visit Kylo Ren in, in that trilogy? Or why couldn't he visit Luke or um, or Ray, you know, it's 
Well, I you see, I think I think he could have visited Luke. Because I, I, I think for a force ghost there has to be like a personal connection. Um like while well, he did by, Luke did turn off blood, the force. He would have connection to Kylo Ren, but he didn't know Kylo Ren to have that connection with him. Well, it was his grandfather, and he basically he never worshipped his grandfather. But he never knew him. Like, uh, Ben Kenobi knew Luke. He didn't have any family connection to Luke, but he knew Luke, and I think that connection helped him come through as a Force ghost. Not that, you know, uh, or Qui-Gon appearing to Obi-Wan. They had a connection, um, which I think I, that's what I think is needed for well, the it, ghosts. To it arrive. makes sense because you're right. It, it does seem like that's the whole case. Because even at the end of Return of the Jedi, you know, Luke sees Anakin, Obi Wan, and Yoda, and he had connections with them. Um, Leia doesn't really see anybody, but I think that's because she doesn't really have it in her yet you know she showed that one sign in an empire when she was able to hear luke's call right to rescue him but she hasn't been trained you know oh and she also she feels that luke is is safe and alive once the the death star 2 blows up but yeah i don't think she's ready to see force ghosts yet right so i mean i think i think that's the requirement of seeing force ghosts which Ahsoka would have been able to see Anakin as a Force ghost, but like like you're saying, he he definitely wasn't a Force ghost in the world between worlds. So, like I said, I don't know what that was. And you know, it's funny because I didn't read too much about it because everybody was was glowing over the episode that I just was getting sick of it that I didn't want to hear anyone's opinions because it's like. I didn't think it was that great. I mean, well, it you're was. Not a Dave, you don't like Dave Filoni. No, I don't. With. Well, it just goes to prove that, like, he's not very good at directing, and I, I think he's good at stealing. That's what it is. I, I was never really a, phone, a fan of the Clone Wars, and uh, I don't know. I'm just afraid that they are going to push him to become you know, the, the head of, of Lucasfilm and he focuses too much on the prequels and that's not my favorite period. Well, I'd rather have him steer on the ship than Kathleen Kennedy. Well, that's true. Like I said, at least, at least, you know, he did rebels, which I enjoyed a lot. You I know. felt rebels was a step up from clone wars, but again, I can't, fully say that because I didn't watch all the Clone Wars. And again, I got so thrown off by the animation. Right. By the introduction, you know, it's like the Clone Wars, you know, <laughs> it's like, all right, enough is enough. I can't sit through this crap. I think it's the one episode that I watched because I, I skipped it for a while. So I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. And I, I turned it on. It was the one that had Jar Jar Binks in it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but I did I did see I, not only that one. I later saw a, a ton of them. I would say I probably saw at least maybe 30 of them, but I didn't see sit down and watch all the seasons like a lot of people did. Right. But well, I, I, that's the same thing. The only season I really watched completely was the last one. But I think, you know, back then, too, it's like Lucas kind of gave up on Star Wars and he's like, well, I'm not going to do any more Star Wars movies. And they're like, well, can we do it? Something animated? Yeah, knock yourself out, you know. And that was for many. That was the only Star Wars they were going to get, you know, for who knows how long they might. You know, they, they thought that maybe that was the last Star Wars they were ever going to get until Disney bought them. But yeah. But it was cool, though. I got to say, I, I thought that the way that they showed the Clone Wars was kind of cool. How, like, you saw him a little younger at first. He had shorter hair. Right. Which I thought looked pretty cool. And then you saw him with the long hair and the scar. Well, like I said, when I first saw it, I was like, well, that was pretty good. But it was after I started thinking about it when I is when it I started seeing things that I'm like, wait a second, wait, yeah, that was kind of cool to see, but why did that happen? What does this mean? Um, and then the B plot was just annoying. It was. I mean, okay, we get it. Hera is a general, but she has her own ship. She took her own ship and the X-Wing pilots who went with her, you know, it's not like she ordered them. They went on their own free will. Mm -hmm. But then Mon Mothma calls up and starts, you know, like, you've, you know, you've deserted and you've used re resources and stuff. Like... I... I I just thought it was kind of ridiculous that they made such a big deal about her going off in her own ship to look for Ahsoka and Sabine. Well, they told her not to. Yeah, but they told her not to, but I, you see, I, I don't get, I can get them being mad at her, but then when they send a uh, basically an aircraft carrier, you know those big cruisers. Oh yeah, you mean like, towards the end. like yeah. Why didn't Why didn't they just wait till she comes back and bust her down a rank or something? Yeah, and, you know if they're so worried about him of of using, you know, yeah. Republic resources, why did they go and send that ship with all of its crew, its fighter complement? Why did they send that? To go chase her. She would have been so pissed if they knocked her down. Yeah, I'm but, not a general anymore. But well, you know, but what would happen? I mean, I I if someone, went, if someone went AWOL, yeah, whenever they found them, they'd be in trouble. But they're not going to send out a huge chunk of the army to track them down and bring them back. It's it's kind of like a little bit like Star Trek, like when Kirk went looking for Spock. You know, they told him, yeah, you're not going to do that. And he did it anyway. And then they gave him a chance not to do it. And he still did it. And he got knocked down. Um, 
But what's funny is that I would not be surprised if at the end of this series, they promoted it to Admiral. <laughs> yeah. And then that's all we're here for. Right, because ever Star ever. Wars. Yeah, because of Star Wars. It's And again, it, you know, it is annoying. You know, they overdo the inclusiveness crap way too much. Like, the only, apparently the only uh, starfighter that you see is the Asian guy. I don't know what his name is. Um, but he's in everything. Like, he was in, I think he was in the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, he was. Oh, no, he was in The Mandalorian for sure. The Mandalorian, because he, he bailed out The Mandalorian from, like, the ice cave or something. And I think he was in season one. Yeah, like, yeah, he was in, like, the first. Yeah, that's right. He was the first couple episodes. But he was, he was, he's been seen before, not only then. He might have been in different seasons of The Mandalorian. Well, but I, I think, I think he was, I think it seems to me like he was going to be with Gina Carano in that uh, spinoff show. What were they? What was? What was it going to be called? I don't recall. Um, I don't know if that was the Rangers, official. the Republic Rangers. Oh, okay. I thought he was. I had the impression from his appearances on The Mandalorian that he was going to be with her in that show. And. You're a lot of people like him. I like him. I think he's good. I, mean, I like him. He's no Wong. Wong is annoying now, but it just seems like to me, like the captain of that vessel, you know, again, was female. She was black. You know, the crew was mostly female. Um, I'm, I just can't help seeing it because I've been seeing it for years now. It's just so obvious what they're doing. Well, you know, the force is female. Um, and that's that's Kathleen Kennedy's angle, and she was still around when this was being written in film. So maybe with her on the way out, maybe we'll see things uh, even out a bit. We still don't know if she's on the way out officially. Yeah, we we don't know for sure, but uh, she's been awfully quiet. There hasn't been a peep out of her. But it's kind of, yeah, that, that whole little side story just was very drawn out. And again, it shows what an unfit mother Hera is. She just leaves her son on that planet, and she goes off with those other X-Wings. And it, it's well, just I mean, bizarre. She could see them flying around on yeah, it's like, patterns. Like, you sit there next to Chopper on the edge of this cliff, you know? And if you fall off the cliff and you hit like a, you know, a bunch of rocks, let me know. <laughs> I think she's an awful mother. I, first of all, I think she's just, they really screwed up the character of her. She's very unlikable. Uh, again, she keeps pushing this whole general thing. She did it a couple of times in this episode again, where she's like, well, what's the use of being a general if you can't use your authority or something like that. She said something lame like that. It's like, well, it's Filoni that's writing this crap. It's like, why is he pushing that? He's making her so unlikable. They could have just mentioned once like, Oh, you know, she's a general and that's it. Like in the, in the first episode and no one ever refers to her as a general. Again, they, they refer to her as, as Hera, but we know that, you know, the fans know it's like, Oh, cool. She was promoted, you know, but we don't have to know every episode. 
And that every time is like, well, I don't think I could do that. Excuse me. You do realize you're talking to a general. It just irritates. The foreshadowing, the hell out of me. Joe, was so when, for when she's just busted down. That's what it is. It could be. Yeah, they might like do what they did with Kirk, like make her a captain. And it's like, well, now you can go everywhere you, you want to go, except you have to report to your general. <laughs> right. They're not a general anymore. And I don't like well, what's the kid's name? Is it is it Jason? Yeah. Um I don't hate him. I think he's a nice enough kid and everything. Uh I just don't know if he's needed. Well, you know, he I think he's there because they rolled him out in the last episode of Rebels um as her son with Kanan. Uh, so it makes sense that he's there. Um, but you know what? I'm, I like how he's written though. Um, yeah, he, he's not, he, he's like, a, he seems like a good kid. No, he does. He's yeah. not overly smart. Like, you know, uh, like how they turned, you know, Leia into a little yeah adult, you know, no, he, no, he's, he seems more like a kid his age. Yeah, yeah, like every now and then he senses something, but he does. Like he seems like a normal kid. So I, I don't have a problem with him, but I think it's more obvious with they have him in there less for fan service, but more, well, we're going to eventually make a show about him, you know, and, you know, maybe have the the, <laughs> the young, young Jedi heroes will make a, a show and, and he'll be the, one of them and they'll go off in the galaxy. They'll ride like a, a Jedi school bus and you know a Jedi school bus. The magic <laughs> school bus in the in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. I did like the whales. Those whales looked pretty cool. Yeah, I thought the whales were I thought the whales were cool in uh Rebels and I think they did a good job translating them into live action. Yeah, I wasn't sure how they were gonna be I mean, especially like when you see them in the daytime and you saw that one, the really big one, and, and it opened its eyes. And I was like, yeah, that could, that's kind of believable. I mean, especially if it's a space whale. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I think they're pretty good. And you know what? If people are complaining too much about them, let's face it, they have them in the Marvel comics as well. Do they? Yeah, they have uh, they have space whales. They have space sharks. Like, remember, um, the X Men used to fight. What were they? The Brood. They're sort of like the aliens from Alien. Mm hmm. Uh, they were like brown bugs. Well, they used to go in and infest like these space sharks and use them as spaceships to get between planets. I don't know if I remember that though. No, I remember I, that from. A few I weeks. believe you. At first, I thought, well, you know what? That that's kind of cool, you know. So you know, space whales. Why not? As long as they look cool. And I mean, I guess overall, it just was okay. It's. I think the previous episode was better. Do you agree with me on that? 
Yeah, I do agree. Like I said, it even like you things made sense. You knew why Balin and Ahsoka were fighting. And like I said, that was a that was a great chore choreographed fight. You know, with this one with Anakin, they're like spinning around an awful lot. And you know, when she spins around and hits him with the kick in the face. Like, wouldn't it, at that point, wouldn't Anakin have been trained enough to, like, know, oh, she's going to take the spin. Maybe I'll just take a step back and let her hit air, you know? But again, we still don't know what Anakin was in this. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he just wasn't Anakin, but he did the Anakin uh, lightsaber twirl. Yeah. But... Like, like I said, uh, there was when I first watched it. I'm like, oh, this was pretty good. But then as I started thinking about it, I'm like, boy, this is making less and less sense to me. Yeah, it's still it's questionable. Again, I should have read it up more on what people their their thoughts on what Anakin was. Which again, I didn't really bother with it. But I think that you know the whole lesson in, for Ahsoka was that she had to accept the fact that he turned bad. It wasn't her fault. Um, and then a lot of things that happened in the past were not, uh, things happen. You just have to accept them. You have to move on and you have to become a leader, but it's just, it, it could have just been like, again, the rebel fans loved it. The clone wars fans loved it. But I think if you're, if you didn't watch that stuff, they'd be in our boat, which, and you've watched all that stuff. Well, I've, I've, watched, I've watched Rebels. Like, like I said, there's a lot of Clone Wars I didn't watch because like you, I didn't like the animation style. It got better as it went along, but those first few seasons are pretty rough looking. Um, I watched all the Rebels. I watched, like I said, some Clone the Rebels Wars. I watched all of, yeah. But I think, again, people that never watched that stuff would have been confused. At what was going on because you would i mean natural assumption is he's a force ghost but it's and it, like like what you said ghost rules <laughs> like what you said in the beginning was, was when we first started reviewing ahsoka there should be a droid i think it was this to explain what happened you know and explain what the world within worlds is or well the world between worlds is you know, what you can possibly see within those worlds, what effect you will have if you're in that world and all that. But we never got that. We just have to naturally, the, the director or, or Filoni is assuming that we already know all this stuff. And then if we don't know it, you have to just accept it. Or even if, if Anakin was just sort of a creation by the world between worlds. That's possible. When she was Anakin it could have said well i'm not really here i'm a simulation of anakin's experiences and your memories of him you know something like that um because i think they did that in rebels it was either rebels or last season of no it wasn't the last season of clone wars but no the worlds within worlds didn't came into through rebels but like I said, I don't I don't remember there being anybody there with Ezra. But I 
Yoda was there, wasn't he? I, I don't think there was like that buffalo creature. I I don't I don't quite remember. Yeah, I know, and I'm not at the point where I want to watch that crap over again. Not that it's well, crap. I, but... I, I tried to find that episode with the world between worlds, and I hit one where, like, Kanan, Ezra, and and Ahsoka went into the temple, and they got separated, and that's when Kanan went through his Jedi trials. Ezra talked to Yoda, but he wasn't in the world between worlds. Uh. And Ahsoka... Didn't she fight Vader? Did she fight Vader? No, I don't think she fought Vader at that point. Um, oh, no, she was fighting the Inquisitors. Oh, okay. So the three of them went their separate ways. So I think I have the next episode to, to watch. I think that's when they, they get into... Ezra gets into the world between worlds. So yeah, I have to I have to do some more rewatching to refamiliarize myself. But like I said, I was just left very confused by this episode. So we're more than halfway through this. So what do you think uh, of the season? Uh it has its moments. I think episode four was the best episode we had so far. Um and like I said, this one wasn't bad. Because I think you said it right. There was a lot of fan service in it. Um, but I just don't get kind of where they're going. I think maybe next week when Ahsoka gets to the other side of that hyperspace path into the new galaxy, um, maybe it'll get a little bit more back on track. Yeah. Well, you know, I would love to see a rematch between her and Balin because, uh, like I said, that was that was very cool. It was sort of like it was sort of like she was following, uh, like almost like a samurai style of sword fighting. You know, where she's kind of has her wep her weapon up and the knees bent and staying kind of low. And he's just like an old medieval knight, you know, going for the heavy slash strokes and everything like that. So, um, like I said, I think their fight was so much better than what we saw between her and Anakin this week. Yeah, I have a feeling, again, I, I was watching some of, I don't know if it was... Uh, it wasn't episode one, but I, you know, it was kind of like a summary. It might've been like even the summary that we had seen before, you know, like how they show a little summary. Right. Re and previously on. Yeah. And Balin says that, you know, uh, I'm doing this for the greater good, which again, you assume that his, in his idea, the greater good is that the empire rule and that Thrawn is the only one that could bring them back. But maybe he's going to that universe or wherever Thrawn is to kill him you know, to prevent him from ever obtaining power again. Because huh. he knew that the witch, he knew that the witch was eventually going to get there at some point. And he may have joined her just to prevent all that from happening. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but it's possible. 
like I said, I, I don't know where it's going with her. Um, even that, I, I don't, well, this is a different thought thrown than we know from the book. So, um, Thrawn seems like a very military military based guy in the books. I can see him sort of thinking like um, Han Solo. <laughs> you know, I don't go for all this mumbo jumbo. Wait, are you comparing Thrawn from the books to Thrawn in Rebels? In Thrawn in Rebels, and like Thrawn in the books knew how dangerous Jedi were. So he had a creature that neutralized their powers. They always kept on hand, but he was always very skeptical of the uh, fallen Jedi in the books that he ended up being stuck with. Yeah, so he was always kind of very skeptical about him. So I could see him once again being very skeptical of the witches of Dathomar, but. Like I said, I, I'd be curious to see what that relationship is. Well, I'll say my thoughts of this season of Ahsoka. It's definitely better than The Mandalorian Season 3. Or The Book no, of Boba Fett. <laughs> definitely better than that, yeah. Um, and I have been anticipating, like, when Episode 4 was over, I couldn't wait to see Episode 5. And when it was 8.30, I was like, only half an hour until... I get to see what goes on next, you know, but I was disappointed with this episode. Again, it left us confused. I kind of felt like nothing happened. And let's just hope the next three episodes. Is there, uh, is there, it's eight, well, obviously eight. it's not six. So what is it? Eight, eight or nine? Eight. Eight. Okay. So uh, let's hope that they're really, really good. All right, let's move on. We'll, we'll do a little bit of news. So did you watch the new Aquaman trailer? Yes. Um, you know, there's a lot, seem to be a lot of naysayers on the different uh, podcasts I listen to. But you know what? I think it looks pretty good. Um, I'm kind of down with seeing it. Um, like one, po one podcast pointed out how you know, Amber Heard's hardly in it. Uh, but you know what? Watching the trailer, um, I didn't even realize she was kind of missing. I didn't know there was a lot in the of trailer. Kidman in it. Well, she is in the trailer. Amber Heard? Hmm? Is she? I, I don't remember seeing her much in there. She's in it for like about two seconds. Oh. She's like behind this like glass and she's pounding on it and she's screaming. Well, um I thought it looked I thought it looked good. So I mean I'm I'm I can say I'm this is one DCU movie I'm going to see because I enjoyed the first one. Um so I'll go see the second one. No, I thought it was a very good trailer. I mean it really kind of got me into wanting to see it. My biggest problem still is Jason Momoa. He just, I just don't buy him as Aquaman. He's just too much of, you know, a frat jock, partier type of guy. Like, just his voice. He doesn't come across as intelligent or wise. He, you know, and, and that's not Aquaman for me. Um, but it still looks good, though. I mean, if I have to, it, that's the whole thing. It, it's, that's in my mind. 
have to get rid of it. I'd probably enjoy it more if I could just let go of that. Um, because, you know, he's got the great build for Aquaman. You know, the everything yeah. looked great. No, in he, he's definitely in good shape. And like I said, I don't, I, I kind of think I'm a little bit different. Um, I still think the guy who plays Orm, his brother, would have made oh, yeah. more classic Aquaman that we we knew. But um, Jason Moore, he he just seems fun and he's a likable actor. So um, why not? It was funny again, like the week before they were saying, oh, Aquaman's canceled. And they were pushing this article and we could have covered it last week. And I didn't because it's like, these people are idiots. Because it was like, this is from Variety. But I, I looked at the article and Variety was spelled V-E-R-A-T-Y. And I'm like, that's not how you spell Variety. It's like, if this was actually from Variety, it would say it would be spelt right. But once it came out, it's like, oh, it's from Variety. Everyone started saying, it's canceled. Aquaman's canceled. It's all these clickbaits. It's like, it's, it's not going to be released in December or whenever it's been released. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I want to go see it. I hope it's good. Uh, well, you know what? We, <laughs> you know, Grant, we complain a lot about these things, but we do want them to be good. We do. Yeah. We do want, you know, each MCU movie to be good. We do want each Disney plus series to be good. Um, it's just we keep getting disappointed. <laughs> mm. You know, it's not that we don't, we, you know, we want them to fail. Absolutely not. You know, we just want them to turn out something good. And they refuse to, refuse to. <laughs> they're like, but yeah, they're, they're just very selfish. A lot of, we've seen this in the past too, where they're like, eh, don't worry, we know what we're doing. It's like, but you know what you should do? We know what we're doing. <laughs> And then no one's happy he, and they don't make money. And it's like, listen to the fans, hire some fans, you know, to make your, or be consultants for your movies. Don't hire like pink haired people, you know, that hire the, hire the people for super, well, for superheroes, at least hire the people that wrote, write the comics. You might, well, I wouldn't even do that now. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're if you're going to adapt a storyline from the comics, you know, get somebody who worked on that storyline. Like at the yeah, like, at the beginning of Marvel Phase One, you know, you'd see all these comic art uh, writers listed in as with story credits. You know, maybe not leave the whole thing to them. Or you end up with a mess like uh, the Green Lantern movie, but maybe have some of them in there with some Hollywood screenwriters. You know, well, who's the guy that he was doing Green Lantern? Uh, well, Jeff Johns was writing. Jeff the Johns, comic. yeah, but he also he did he also contributed to Justice League too. Yeah, he was also in on that with Snyder, and that didn't work out. Right, but like I said. But I mean, maybe have a few of these guys around the set, you know, that know the characters, enjoy the characters. Um, 
Yeah, I know. I would. They should get someone like you know, Mark Wade, Frank Miller, you know, to do Batman. Um, just like people that have had a history of doing it, where the comics have been very popular. Right. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, and like like I said, maybe maybe don't let them write the whole thing, but have them on the writing staff to say, you know what, Aquaman wouldn't do this. Why don't we try this and bounce it off them? You know, like these people know the characters because they've handled them for years in their original medium. You know, maybe. Put them on as a story consultant or something. I don't know. Yeah. But they, they definitely need help with some right. with people who know the characters and not people who think that they know they are so brilliant they know better than the people who wrote the characters for years. Yep. Yeah, and I've been reading about Wolverine 3 and they're, Deadpool. They said Wolverine three. You're right. Deadpool. I know you're you're just looking forward to you Jackman being back in the role. <laughs> Slip of the tongue. Um, yeah, but a lot of like reliable sources have been saying that it's going to be about there are several Wolverine out there from different universes, and Deadpool is looking for the perfect Wolverine, and he's going to kill the ones that he feels is not good enough. And, that, and then the one that's going to remain is going to be the one that goes to the MCU. And it sounds like it's going to be Hugh Jackman. Like I heard that Hugh Jackman should be Wolverine up to including so Secret Wars. Um, and this is, again, something different, you know, like different sources about Secret Wars and all that. But I'm sure you, I mean, that's the one thing about Hugh Jackman. I think he's a, he's a nice guy. He's not a troublemaker. He doesn't have skeletons in his closet. And I think production companies want to work with him and he wants to be a Wolverine again. So I'm sure Disney and Marvel like fine, even if it doesn't make sense, you can be a Wolverine again, you know, cause that's the best thing that they can do right now. I mean, they can introduce the fans something they want for a change. Yeah. You know, it, and it's, this would be a good way to segue into Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine too. Oh, shut up! <laughs> well, he apparently he is in Deadpool three, and he and he might play well a Wolverine that probably uh, he's playing a cut. character. We don't know if it's a Wolverine or not. I think it's probably going to be a Wolverine, and he's probably not going to make the cut. And I don't know. Like I said, like I was telling my nephew, this is my biggest problem with him. Is his voice? I just think his voice is is too high. Other than that, you know, like yeah, he's got the height. We've seen him jacked. Like recently, he was in a movie. He looks incredible. He's got like a six pack, eight pack. It's surprising how buff Harry Potter is. Yeah, I mean, he could do it, but I just can't. If he does that voice, he's gonna sound like Christian Bale doing Batman. You know, like where it just doesn't sound right. Um, and, and you can tell that he's hurting himself to make such a deep voice. That's why I don't think he can do it. Well, hey, we'll see. Yeah. 
So I showed you this. Uh, Chris Evans got married, and some people are complaining because they feel like he's robbing the cradle. Yeah. 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 What was it? Uh, what did you say? She's 26 years old or something? Yeah, I think he's 42 and she's 26. You know what? She's 26 years old. She's not a, like a, a, a 18 or 19 year old or something. She's a woman who knows this. She, she, at this point, she shouldn't know what she's getting into. So leave her alone. Leave him alone. Yeah, it's just a lot of people looking to complain about something. You know, um, the, the world would be a hell of a lot better if people would just let other people be happy. You know, he married her. They look happy. Hopefully yeah. they treat each other right. Leave them alone. Who cares? Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. I mean, he's a good looking guy. He's rich. She's a good looking girl. So I don't know anything about her, but I don't know anything know. about her either. But like I said, she's 26 year old. So she's not a kid. You know, she's not a child that, you know, like we like would you marry I said this to you guys, would you rather her marry someone that's an abuser that's her same age? You know, no, I mean, at least he seems like a nice guy. You know, it seems like she can be very happy and everything. And again, he's very youthful. He keeps himself young. I mean, i I know people that are in their twenties that they don't look like they're in their twenties or they've given up, you know, already. Where this guy, he embraces life. He tries to keep in the best shape that he possibly can. Uh, so, again, I got no problem with it. Good luck to you, Chris, if you're listening. Exactly. Good luck to them. Why people just let them be happy and be happy for them? Good luck to them. Hopefully they treat each other nice and they have a good marriage. Yeah. So I don't know if you heard this, that Disney Plus is adding Werewolf by Night and Color. For the Halloween season, are they redoing the original in color? the the last one in color? Or well, I, I have a feeling they color. I have a feeling they filmed the whole thing in color and then just made it black and white. Well, that's I what mean, they're doing. part of what gave it its yeah, I agree. Horror was in black and white. I mean, uh, if it's a new story. You know, with a new kind of setting, why not put it back to being color? Um, he, I no, know they just read it the same movie. by night in the comics. No, we watched it. We talked about it last year, and we kind yeah. of enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, you're right, Jack. That's what they were going for. They were going for, like, the old universal monster look. Yeah, so why bother? Sh why bother showing it in color? I mean... Because they have nothing else to put on Disney Plus, you know, and yeah, it's kind of like a, they did the same crap. Remember when they released uh, a couple of times? They well, they did, went the opposite way with Mad Max. They released a black and white version, and everyone's like, "It's so much better in black and white." It's like, "Oh, shut up!" And they did that with Logan too. They, oh, I didn't, I didn't remember them doing that with Mad Max. Yeah. I, they did that and they they did it with justice league too it's Zack snyder he released a black and white version of his four-hour extravaganza yeah well he'd release it as much any any extra screen time he could get i'm sure he'd release it i don't know why you would watch 
the Justice League in black and white. I don't know. I, I watched the freaking <laughs> four-hour version of it. Period. Uh, this just came out today. So they, Donald Glover was going to do a Lando series for Disney+. Plus. So now it's being turned into a movie. Not I'm a down with that. I thought he was fun. I don't know. I, I think they kind of got him wrong. I mean, everybody assumes what he is. And for me, when I first saw Lando, I just thought that he was an ex-friend of Han Solo. And he became a politician and a, you know, and a powerful leader in Bespin. But like, they start to make it because it was uh, Billy D. Williams that he was, he was very sly with the ladies. And the only thing that he said was to Leia is like, "Well, hello there. Who's this? You know? Now, who have we here? Like, yeah. I, I mean, but you know what? I mean, he was just like the type of high stakes gambler suave i mean that's how i took him i mean actually i'd like to see a lando movie and heck bring back the guy who played the uh, young hand solo let them have another adventure together i'd be yeah, all for that like i said i just don't think i mean i know, I know everyone praised donald glover but i he was this lando was about his capes he had some kind of sexual relationship with his droid uh that's not the Lando I know, you know? Well, we really don't know all that much about Lando. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's anyway. So, and then the last thing I'm going to say, I had showed this to you. Some guy was at a comic con and he saw that, uh, incredible Hulk 181 was going for $98,000. That seems cra a crazy amount of money for that comic. Yeah. But it does seem like it's going up because, like I did show you what the prices were. I mean, it, it, whoever was selling it probably inflated the price so they make a profit. But it seemed like in 2022 it was going for about 83000 So That's crazy. I mean, I have one. I wish I had mine. but <laughs> Mine is nowhere near a nine. I'd be lucky if it was a five. It's probably more like a four, which – still pretty high apparently it's going for like four or five thousand dollars yeah it's still you know, one of those but that is pretty cool and i think a lot of the reason why that comic went up in value was because of the success that hugh jackman brought the character into the mainstream you know mm, i don't know well maybe if wolverine but didn't work in the x-men i don't think we'd have all those x-men movies or maybe we would but I don't think Wolverine would have his own spinoff movies. Well, I mean, once he appeared, um, he kind of overshadowed like Cyclops is like the top X-Men, you know, only because he was, he was basically the Hawkeye and Avengers was always the snarky guy giving Captain America a tough time. And that's what he added into the X-Men mix. That no matter what Cyclops did, Wolverine was always there to like say something, you know, snide about it. Um, but you know what? People like that. People like, you know, find that sort of character fun. 
And Wolverine is a fun character and he was very successful. But I think you're right. The popularity in the movies uh, definitely is why that comic book is so expensive. And I did see like... What I don't understand is why 180 isn't the super expensive one. I looked at the price of that and yeah, that's not going for that much. Yeah, because that was the first appearance. You know, that last page was like a... The last panel. The, the, the splash page of, you know, Wolverine jumping out. Well, that's you know. like... It's like Amazing Spider-Man 298 and 299. Right. 299 when Venom appears in like just that one half a page shot. You know, but but no, you saw little pieces of Venom like in different Amazing Spider-Mans. Like you might see, didn't you like, like for a while, you might have seen a shadowy figure, but you didn't see what it actually looked like. Because we saw the dark. hand shoving Peter yeah. Parker onto the subway tracks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but three hundred was the one that everybody wanted, or right. everybody still wants. And I think, uh, yeah, well, he was in Incredible Hulk one eighty two, also. I think was he? Uh, I, I don't remember him being in one eighty two. I thought he he was a uh, like a one and he, done almost. Well, he left. I mean, it's like, you know, like how they had the end page for 180 and 182. I think he says goodbye to the Hulk, you know. So that should still have some kind of value. You know what I think has been going up is the one with McFarlane and uh, his Wolverine versus the Hulk. Well, that, that was a good fight. And that's a classic cover, too. Yeah, that cover is a nice a nice cover with the Hulk reflected in the uh, Wolverine's claws. Yeah. That's what he, McFarlane could draw like crazy. Great. Just, he just wasn't that good of a writer. Was Peter David doing it at that point? Yeah. Peter David would wrote that. Um, do you have that issue? I think I do. I do. I, I know. I definitely have it. I, in fact, I just, uh, I just brought my boxes in. I've they've been in the garage for like since we moved, and I just brought them in last weekend inside to the basement. So I got to start going through them and check them out because I've I have my old fours, uh, like my FFs are in a binder, you know, an archival binder. They're on the shelf, and I have like most of the Kirby issues of Thor. Like no. I have, I have the uh, the first one where Loki shows up. I have the first one when the Destroyer shows up. So I have a lot of those early, early issues all the way up to towards the end of Kirby's run. Um, so I have a large chunk of the old Kirby Thors, and I want to dig those out and put those in archi archival binders as well. I remember I was buying like a lot of stuff from Variant. Remember that comic book company? Mm-hmm. That like Archer and Armstrong, and uh, Valiant. Yeah. Wasn't it Valiant? Not Valiant. Oh, maybe it's right. Yeah, it probably is Valiant and Harbinger. Um, I'm praying that these they would be worth something. They really suckered us. So they suckered me. They'd always like 
not not them necessarily, but every you know DC and Marvel at, at that time when way too many people got into comic books and then eventually it was just going to crash. It's like get issue number zero or issue number a half, and I'm like, oh my god, that's going to be so rare an issue zero <laughs> with special variant covers. Yeah, it's like I fifteen. I forget which one it was. Yeah, I, one issue of something had fifty different variants. And I was like, oh well, heck, God. the first McFarlane Spider-Man, you know his his Spider-Man book that had a ton of variant covers. Yeah, I never got the Diamond one, which apparently is like the most sought after one. I don't know. I think I I think I have the. Uh, Silver webs with the black background. I think that's the one I have. You only have one. I only have one. I must have twenty. You know. Uh, no, I never. I never got into the. the I was a sucker. Cover. The only one I. The only. I think the only book that I bought the variants for was a uh, X Men. Yeah. Number one because that that Jim Lee spread was gorgeous. It was. Yeah. You know. I mean, and they had one that collected all of them, and I had that one too. But it was just like you know, you would go into a store. But I think we bought them off that stand that was on, what was it, Forty Sixth Street, or the comic store on Forty? No, remember we used to go to that Chinese restaurant, and then there was a guy selling comics. Oh, yeah, the guy on the street. street. <laughs> I know that's where I got X Men number one over there, and I, I mean, and you look at the covers, it's like. I got to have the one with Cyclops and Wolverine on it. I got to have the one with Jean Grey and Storm on it. I got to have this one with Beast. And it's like, yeah, that, that was brilliant, the way they did that. Yeah, but, I mean, that was, like I said, that that's, I believe, the only comic I picked up as many of the variant covers as I could get. I got that one signed by Chris Claremont. I never got Jim Lee to sign it. Oh, I know. I don't have any of them signed. I'm surprised. I mean, you get a lot of things signed when you go to Comic-Con. Yeah, but I mean, well, Did you ever I meet mean, Jim Lee. I never met Jim Lee. Um, I have one of his. I never I, met I, Lee. Um, I have Wildcats number one signed by Jim Lee. No, no. Let's see. I'm looking at my wall here. Let's see. Andy Kubert. Uh, Walt Simonson, Joe Sinat, Ron Frez, uh, Brian Hitch, um, and our <laughs> recently departed George Perez. You know, those are the guys I've met. Um, a lot of guys I talked, I like talking to the writers too. Um, because I, I like to ask them, you know, like, where do you get your ideas? Which is like one of those. <laughs> stupid questions they probably get a hundred times <laughs> whenever they talk to fans but you know i i just like hearing about talking with them about the creative process and why they went this way with the storyline you know well, i do that too when i met chris claremont but it's funny because i asked him a question and he was sitting down and, and he answered me and i didn't retain anything because i was just was in awe because back then you know I thought he was like a god back then because he was the one that really brought the X-Men back 
I mean, you could say whatever you want about the artist, but like it was his idea to bring back, you know, introduce Wolverine into the X-Men and, and Storm and I guess it was Colossus. Um, and then he wrote all of those really good stories for the X-Men. And, I, you know, I think writing is, is really, I know I'm a whore for graphics, but I have to say probably writing is more important. Because even like when you look at the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight Returns, it's the writing that's important because the artwork is not really that nice, you know? It's okay. The artwork is serviceable. You know, but yeah. like, and we've talked about this for, before. Like with me, you can have a great, a great story, but if it's drawn like crap, I'm not going to stick with it. And it's the same thing. You could have the best art, but if the story is junk, um, I'm I'm not going to stick with it. It's got to be a good combination of both. And yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's true. It's yeah. Tough to get a good team together. And again, I remember when McFarlane first started doing Spider-Man, he was writing too, like you said. He's not a great writer, but he hooked me in because I was like, that's like, well, maybe if I read it again, it'll get better. <laughs> or it's like, well, maybe the next issue will be better. And then at some point when he started doing Spawn, again, he was writing that stuff too. And then he's like, you know what? I'm rich. I'm going to retire and I'm not doing anything anymore except collect money. <laughs> and I was like, Damn! Now what am I gonna do? <laughs> you know? Well, he he has a reputation for being a bit of a jerk. He can afford to be though. No, he it, made, he was smart. He made his money and diversified pretty quickly for you know that kind of business. You know, and now he's got his whole he's got his whole line of different products. So. You know, it's funny. I remember he was really into baseball and he got Mark McGuire's and Sammy Sosa's like record home run balls, paid millions of dollars for them. And also Barry Bonds. And then they're like, yeah, those don't really count, you know, <laughs> like after he bought them, they're not worth millions now, you know, but back then he paid millions for them. But again, he's like, I don't care. I still have millions, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> Must be. All right, I guess we'll wrap this up. So, Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? You can always send me email at jackm at wdwnt.com. And if you can explain episode five of Ahsoka and send it to me, I'd be more than happy to read it, and I'd appreciate it. Because <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. Agreed. And I am going to start looking to see if people can explain it. On, online anyway um, if you want you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on facebook I'm also on the podcast Rusty Junk the 80s movie podcast uh, we just did Popeye and it was uh, as bad as you remembered <laughs> it's pretty bad Jesus <laughs> but you know what I, I gave it a 3 um, and basically that was what the score was like 2, 3 and yeah, it, it was torture for them, you know, because they're not American, that they're all British. And I think they had some kind of realization of what Popeye was, but that music was just awful. <laughs> that like really screwed the movie so bad with making it a musical. 
<laughs> They're not gonna let you pick another movie again for a no, while. No, they created a new rule now. You know, like, <laughs> Joe doesn't get to pick. No, I could pick movies, but I can't pick them based on revenge. Seriously, it's like no one's allowed to do that now. <laughs> um, so our next movie is going to be Dirty Dancing. Oh God. Well, that, that's a movie with great music, but I don't know. That'd be tough to watch. Yeah, I think I'm, I have painful memories because my sister got it on VHS and she must have watched it a hundred times. And it's like a hundred times of a crappy movie is not good for a person. Did you guys watch Roadhouse yet? I've never watched Roadhouse in my life. You know. I, I don't know. That was, not that it was a great movie, but it was a very 80s movie. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of fun to watch that. I felt, you know, again, that guy was such a good looking guy. Swayze? Swayze, yeah. Yeah, he was. And he died so young. You know, it's like, life yeah. can suck sometimes. It's too bad. Yep. So, also check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney and Universal news. Finally, if you like our show and enjoy other WDWNT podcasts and like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. So with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 9. Episode 35, so until next time, see ya. Good night, all. Be good to each other. And good night, Miss Fedra, wherever you are. Wherever you are. <laughs>